learn how to build a better sign and print shop from a few crusty sign guys who've made more mistakes than they care to admit. Conversations and advice on pricing, sales, marketing, workflow, growth, and more. You're listening to the Better Sign Shop Podcast with your hosts, Peter Kurunis, Michael Riley, and Bryant Gillespie. All right, guys, welcome to the next edition of the Better Sign Shop Podcast. Brian Gillespie here, and as always, I've got my friends and colleagues, the Sign Shop Yoda, Peter Karunas, and the Sign Burrito, Michael Riley. <laughs> we need to get a, another nickname. I feel like we have to switch. Every, every episode. <laughs> it's... Mayor McCheese, Sign Burrito. If you're listening to this right now, send us your suggestions for Mike's nickname on the next episode. We want to hear from you. I mean, we need to like hop on Jasper and let a computer give me a nickname and see what it comes up with. Yeah, let's get some AI involved. The Terminator give you a new nickname. (laughs) So what's new with you guys before we dive into all things customer experience? I'm getting married in two weeks, so it's been... I am stressed beyond belief right now. It's crazy. I don't. What is the, what's your stress level at? One to 10. Oh, it's cranked up to 11, man. (laughs) It's just. (laughs) It's full spinal tap. Yeah. I'm handling it well. It's just, it's very, it's a lot of internal stress. We have a lot of balls in the air right now trying to get some stuff done in the house. We have a bunch of guests that are going to stay here. So we're trying to get bathrooms done and sighting done and the house is just a wreck so but you're you're not even stressed about the wedding part or like getting married or any of that it's just hey we've got guests coming to the house (laughs) the the guests are the most stressful part yeah now we don't know what we're going to do for food for the wedding yet so we're still we're it's a little up in the air (laughs) which is a big thing so we need to figure that out but now the wedding plans are pretty pretty solid but it's for the most part under control i'm sure that the, the shit will hit the fan when people start arriving here and parents and people get involved and trying to help and everything but yeah it's really just all the prep work trying to get ready and then i'm going to shut the business down for a week and a half to go on honeymoon and everything like that so just trying to get everything done and ready i got one question for you michael one question lay it on me what's that who was that amazing photographer that you had we just we hired a, a local wedding photographer he's a pretty pretty talented guy he's done quite a bit of i think like nature and landscape photography he's published a few books on like like photo books as well but it's a pat my my future wife on the back she went to school for photography she's got a a degree in fine art photography and she was a a wedding photographer herself for many years wow so he just sent us the raw files which were fairly unimpressive they were nice they were composed and framed but but she actually did all the editing oh get out of here Oh my God, because I was yeah. going to give, I was going to give your photographer all the accolades. Those were the best photos I have ever seen. And I think I commented that sincerely. Yeah. <laughs> I literally thought my wedding photos might've been the best, but that wasn't until I saw <laughs> your photos. So whoever touched them up, I, whether it be your wife or the photographer, the best, if you haven't seen it and you're friends with Mike, go check it out. They are literally the best in I guess, what is it? Is that like a wedding photo, engagement photo? What was that? What was it? 
Yeah, August. that was just an engagement like photo session that we did because she, she wanted to have a picture of us that we could send out with the wedding invites. So we just did a quick like one hour beach session yeah. with the guy out Amazing. at sunset. Amazing. So yeah, having a beautiful spot like that to have pictures taken as well really helps. Having a background like as beautiful as that <laughs> doesn't matter what the photo looks like. There's no such thing as a bad picture when you're at the Oregon coast. So, but not she's a like a photo editing master. She's really good at it. So she can take a just a cra- crappy. Yeah. picture and turn it into a pretty impressive work of art so i'm i've seen some masterpieces as well oh yeah she, <laughs> i know she's made a few <laughs> photoshop is she's good at it thank you peter yeah they were, we were really happy i'm excited to see how the actual wedding photos come out he's going to be the same photographer for, for the wedding and the wedding's actually going to be on that beach as well that'll be our backdrop for the wedding so the only thing that we're worried about is when we took those photos in like mid-july when the mm-hmm. weather is pretty much perfect out there but the wedding is in late september which could very well be like 50 degrees pouring down rain, like sideways wind. Like just the weather is unpredictable in the fall out there. So we're a little nervous that the wedding is going to have to be either moved inside or we're just going to get married in like the pouring down rain on the beach, which I'm all for. Like, I think that's going to be awesome to get married in the rain. If you're going to have an Oregon beach wedding, prepare rain. for rain. <laughs> rain should be involved. I think, I mean, it's just part for the course. I rained on my wedding. Don't tell my wife that she hates to be reminded. <laughs> Random mind wedding. It was <laughs> devastating because we picked this venue for an outdoor venue. And then we got huddled into this like small little room. So it was yeah. not the best scenario. Still a great you party. Know, all you're getting married. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like you're getting married. Just suck it up and do it. And we're <laughs> trying to brace ourselves. Yeah. Like I'm actually like secretly sort of hoping it rains because I, I love the rain. That's why I live in Oregon because it rains so much here. I, I just think it's beautiful. And like a rainy day at the Oregon coast is just otherworldly beautiful. But She's a little less enthusiastic about it raining, so we'll you know, <laughs> kind of right the her. fence here. Huh? I don't blame yeah. her. What about you guys? What have you guys been up to? I'm planning something, but not planning a wedding. I'm planning my son's second birthday and my other son's baptism. So they are within wow. eight days of each other. So it's oh, a lot man. of... I'm just going to throw this out there because, Brian, you got kids. Did you baptize your daughters? Yes. Okay. We're not Catholic so, or anything like that, though. That's all right. That's all right. The first one, my first son, it was a full out party, like a full out extravaganza. I had dozens and dozens of people at my house. I rented everything, including like the camel at my house. (laughs) This one, let's just do it at a restaurant. (laughs) I swear to you, I feel awful. I feel awful about it, but I'm just like, there's a birthday with the first kid. And then there's a like a christening or a baptism the second time, like for the first for the second kid, and I'm like this is too much money happening at the same time. So I'm just gonna listen. It's a baptism. And it's a birthday. We're just gonna do the birthday at home, and we're gonna do the baptism at a restaurant. And my wife and I are feeling so guilty about it because when my when my second son gets older, he's I'm afraid he's gonna ask like why didn't you throw? I feel like I'm damaging his being by this not it was not as exciting (laughs) as the first one and here i am just feeling bad that my second son happens to be just born second we're on the third kid okay like i I know you're just now on the second kid that's like the second kid you're you're just you're like "Eh," but when you get to the third kid you're like uh like whatever fuck it yeah the first kid like we did all the baby proofing all the stuff all the little things and the outlets and all that stuff. And now it's just like you knock yourself out. Oh, you want to run around outside? You want to ride your bike without knee pads and stuff like that? Like, fine, get after it. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Don't feel bad, I've, man. Don't feel guilty about I, it. I've heard that's the way it goes with kids, like with every subsequent one you have, like you, your helicopter parenting just goes down a notch or two until you're just like, eh, they'll survive. Like whatever. Yeah, this is hundred percent true. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm skipping all that young stuff too. I'm inheriting a fifteen year old stepdaughter, which is awesome. She's cool, but she's already grown up and so I don't have to worry too much about all the about her just dying on a daily basis <laughs> from self-inflicted death. No, actually, I still worry about that for other reasons, though. But she, she's not always the best at the logical decision-making still, but less so, I probably expect, than you guys with your young ones. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so what's the topic today, guys? Today, we are talking about customer experience and what you can do to improve your customer experience, what makes customers keep coming back and buying from you, I think, in the first place. And uh, we're going to bring on a guest today. A lot of people probably know the guy, TJ Bedak. He owns GCI Digital Imaging down in Cincinnati, Ohio. You're, if you spend any time on any of the Facebook forums like those damn sign guys or sign shop talk or anything like that, you will inevitably see TJ's name thrown about quite a bit. He seems to be pretty much the go-to guy for anybody who needs some big wide format digital printing or fleet of wraps printed, or you're just like totally in a, in a rut and need somebody to save your ass. It seems like TJ is like the, uh, the Superman. Apparently he's doing something right. I don't know the guy personally, but I reached out to him to bring him on the show because he's just, everybody raves about him and his service and everybody just says he just, he will bend over backwards for you every single time and get it done and knock it out of the ballpark. And on a rare occasion, he doesn't, he'll, be Johnny in the spot to make it right for you. So he's definitely delivering some sort of exceptional customer experience. And I want to know what and why and how. So I'm excited to talk to the guy. Do we just bring him on now? <clears throat> he's said, he's, he, he's he, in the lobby. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> let's, let's go ahead and let's okay. bring him on. He just sent me messages waiting. Okay. All right. All right. So welcome TJ Bedak. TJ, did I say your last name right? Bedak? Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. Absolutely. All right. I didn't want to butcher your name there. Welcome to TJ Bedak from GCI Digital Imaging. How you doing, TJ? Doing wonderful. Awesome. Glad to have you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us, especially on such short notice. We just reached out to you this week on it, so thank you for dropping everything to to accommodate us here. So to start, just just give us the quick rundown, like the the nickel experience of your company and how you got into the industry, what led you to where you're at, and we'll go from there. The nickel right. experience? I've never heard that. The ten cent tour. The ten cent tour. Ten cent tour. There you <laughs> okay. go. I might give you the twenty five. All right, that works. Uh, so. Once again, TJ Bedak, GCI Digital. We're based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Family-owned business. My dad and I uh, took it from a three-man operation out of the, the basement of his house. We were retail for a number of years. And when I was finishing high school in 2001, I don't know where that puts you guys, but 2001 was a very interesting year. Started calling wholesale vehicle wrap companies, fast signs locally saw a very interesting niche and we had equipment that nobody else wanted didn't have the space for my dad my grandpa kind of bred it into me i'm fourth generation my grandpa always said buy something that nobody else can and you'll have great success in it build it they will come type of theory and so we were buying 10 foot machines when everybody else had five foot four foot so we started printing banners Lots of them. We're printing right now. We're 40,000, 50,000 square foot per day in banner work. Wow. Uh, we're running 1,000 sheets through the flatbed department. 72,000 grommets in a week. It's, it 
the task of what we've built is is quite interesting. The feed the beast is. <clears throat> you call me on a Saturday night at ten o'clock and say, "TJ, we have an emergency." There's not too many people that are going to a answer the phone, but to go in, get the estimate done, accept the order on a Saturday night. And that's just what I do. It gets me up every morning. Well, that, that's why I, out sign guys left and right. Huh? <laughs> yep, yep. That's why I wanted to have you on the podcast, TJ, because I, if you spend any time on any of the Facebook sign industry groups, you, your name is inevitably going to come up as the guy who's going to swoop in and save the day when somebody's printer shit the bed or they've got an impossible deadline that they just flat out cannot meet. I don't personally know how you do it. It's mind boggling to me. I know you've got a big staff and a, some serious firepower at your shop to fulfill those orders, but still like there's a human element to it. That's just, it's impressive. And like I said, what we wanted to talk about today was cultivating and creating a great customer experience. And you're clearly doing something right in that regard because these guys almost, uh, uh, they stop short of worshiping the ground you walk on, I would say. It's pretty impressive. So how did you, how did you get to that point? What, how do you approach that customer experience? And, and Teamwork get it makes done? dream work. Teamwork makes dreams work. Every single one of my customers has my cell phone. That's those things to where <clears throat> my wife and the kids get it. We've slept in the truck delivering a job on a Friday night in North Carolina. My staff has worked all night to give me the proper product to to make that drive. The kids helping pound the last couple grommets, the wife's helping me fold the banners up. It was a uh, it's been fun. Very passionate about it. We have we have one of the best teams in the industry, for sure. Yeah. How do you maintain that that passion for the industry? Because you and I were in I was a I have no fan. idea. <laughs> I have no idea. You and I were in a similar market. I was 50 miles north of you, and we had some crossover customers like we were talking about. Some of them are crazier than others. It's a hard industry. It's, a, it's an industry that will definitely grind you down, especially when uh, on the end of the industry that you were in and that I was in, where you're, everything's a rush job. Everything's got to have it right now. And printers don't always work the way you want them to. You get head strikes. You get things just go sideways on you, and it can be super stressful. How do you maintain such a positive outlook? Is that something else that I notice? Is that you don't see you complaining and bitching and moaning a lot on those forums. You maintain a pretty level head and a positive outlook, which is unusual <laughs> in this industry. Well, one of my big things with all of my customers, I say, how soon do you need it? And like for example, it's twelve thirty on a Thursday right now. My event's Friday. I got to install for my customer. I'm like, okay, but you haven't ordered it yet. What time does the event start? So then I back into it. Okay, when do I have to have it out the door? Is it, are we going to chance it with UPS or FedEx? Are we going to drive it straight there? And they're like, drive it? It's 10 hours. I'm like, do you want it or not? That that whole thing. We've dealt the dashed projects before up to New York and stuff like that. There's not an option. You have to get these jobs done. And my dad, my grandpa, it's your reputation. It's the company name. You have to make it happen no matter what. I have to print faster than fast signs. I have to deliver for all these agencies and brokers and sign shops because at the end of the day, if they lose that account, it could be they lost their largest customer because of TJ in Cincinnati. He didn't deliver it. I don't accept a loss ever, even if UPS loses a package. My truck's got a full tank of gas in it right now. I'm, I'll be there in a few hours. Bear with me. And that's just the motto that we've always had. My dad's hopped on an airplane. I was like a $2,200 airline ticket 
for a, a powerboat race down in Fort Myers, Florida. And uh, I put him on an airplane because UPS lost it. He went and delivered that banner the afternoon. That was like a Friday afternoon. He was very mad that I sent him to Florida. But um, the customer got it. And it was only a $150 banner. But I had to get it there because the guy, he was so pissed. And it was just one of those things where you have to talk people off the ledge sometimes. And I'd rather just make it right than put a bad taste in somebody's mouth. So the customer experience is very important here at the shop. Miss Patricia is, if you guys call the shop, she's basically, she helps me keep my sanity. She's my my right hand. She handles all of my orders. I still enter all of our orders right now. I know that you guys have some things that I want to talk to you guys about after the podcast and everything (laughs) to help simplify my life. We've got some online ordering systems in place to where people will be able to upload automatic proof. And now it's going to go straight to the printer. So it's going to bypass our pre-press department where we are trying to get to is to where it will auto tag it on the back side it gets cut and then goes through the whole shop without any hiccups but yeah. we'll see what happens there let me ask you put your dad on a plane you said it was like $2,200 plane ticket for yeah. $150 banner yeah. is that does that happen like often or no, we, my guys don't miss man my guys, if I have to do that once a quarter, that's a lot. We, okay. My dad's not on an airplane every week. It's If we really screw up, we make it right. Even if it's in-store credit, crediting them back to customer. You wouldn't believe some of the situations we get put under. People approve the proof, right? The whole, I'm going to approve this thing, but I'm not going to pay for it theory. When they get it, they complain. We have a checks and balances system. We'll take a photo of almost every single job through here to make sure that the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. But there's that one banner that just wasn't approved until 55 banners already went through to production, are boxed, ready to go. That 56th banner got lost, right? And gotcha. So we have to make it right and get it to the guy. It happened to be the entrance banner or the podium backdrop for the powerboat race. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I was just, I was just thinking if you're customer experience is obviously hugely important, but if you're like bending over backwards for every single customer, like it's every day, how do you turn a profit? We don't make any money. We just (laughs) like the print banners. (laughs) (laughs) Are you, are you comfortable sharing some numbers or? I feel like the number situation would uh, would size me up. Now, 2001, when I graduated high school, we were we couldn't break a million. Okay, my dad was in business for I think he started in 19, 1991, 92, and they couldn't hit that threshold. And uh, it took and me that was a all years. retail work though. That time, was right? retail. Posters. You're going to sell a poster for eight bucks. We were doing a lot of posters, a lot of encapsulation of things. And then we got into the vehicle wrap market and uh, we still have a few retail customers that I still service their legacy accounts. I don't, it's, we don't go retail door to door. It's just not 
we're not built for that. If somebody calls in, I'll recommend them to a local fast signs or one of my buddies that sends me a decent amount of work. I'll just pass it off to them because I don't want the headache. Sure. And uh, sorry, Peter. I think it's an Ohio thing to just refer people to fast signs. I'm not sure. I used to do the same thing, TJ. <laughs> yeah. These guys, they, most of the fast signs guys here and some of the other sign shops have the code to get into our side door so they can go pick up their, uh, their jobs mm-hmm. on the pickup shelf. But back to the number deal, it took us a number of years to pass that 1 million mark. Two was really easy. Three was difficult. Four and five were COVID. (laughs) So we're up there past that right now, and it's nine months in. So I'm very pleased to say that the hard work of the whole staff, the customer service, the designers, the everything, everything, the freight trains in motion. And I couldn't do it without the awesome customers we have. The worst thing is when they're used to using Science 365 or Indy or some of these That's, other wholesalers. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah and that I, was going to be some of my next questions were like, who are you guys competing with? Like directly head to head with Science 365. I'm I'm putting in some equipment. This is newly released as of yesterday. We're putting in a couple H5 Vutex and a couple 16 footers. So I'm swinging for the fences, and I'm gonna with this new online ordering and with the stuff that we've been implementing this year. I feel very confident to step up to the plate to 65. I don't drive a silver dually. So please don't blow me up 365. So there's plenty of work out there for all of us, but with the requests that we have been getting, it's faster, higher quality. What are, what limitations do you have to you? And I don't want to have many cutting out the acrylic portion of things. I want to focus on rigid. I want to focus on banner and mesh and vehicle wraps. Other guys can kind of take on the acrylics and, higher end stuff i just want to get the lower margin higher volume runs so how do you keep your staff motivated to because you're to deliver the customer experience that you guys are it's not it's obviously not just you like as you said i take an entire team behind you to pull that off you can't be Mm -hmm. out there promising the world that your customers and then your staff isn't going to toe the line behind you how do you keep them motivated and moving forward and focused on the same goal that that you are? Because I think a lot of the a lot of the challenges that every business owner faces, especially right now, is just is staffing in general, right? And just finding decent employees who are willing to roll up their sleeves and work hard for you, and who care about that ultimate goal of making the company money and putting out good service and a good product. How do you you're running a high pressure? everything's a rush. We got to bend over backwards and tie ourselves in knots for every one of our customers. How do you keep the staff passionate about that alongside you? How do you keep them motivated and checked in? Not afraid to get my hands dirty. I've got a kind of a famous line that I came up with and that was here at this building, maybe at the old shop. If I have to do your job, I don't need you is one of those lines that I will use if I if we get behind in work, we've got some really strong team players that will step up, make things happen. Uh, they understand that the yellow ticket that's flying through the shop 
is it's hot. It's a grab your attention. We've got some, the yellow ticket is the golden ticket, right? I don't make a lot of money on that one banner that you might send in and give me seven to 10 day turn time. We don't have things that sit here for seven to 10 days. It might only be a three to five day turn. And we use that for fill in work. The yellow tickets, the rush tickets, I make a little bit extra rush fees on. Okay. But as far as keeping the employees focused and getting the jobs out the door, perfect example, we've got a job in here right now for a um, company in Lexington, Kentucky, all the UK banners, all the field banners for all UK football are going through the shop. Hey guys, they're going to be here tomorrow morning. I'll go back there and buy each guy a drink or a candy bar out of the vending machine. Hey, if you work through lunch, bust out a little bit early today. You guys were working your butts off. Pick up tomorrow. Last Friday, we all left a little bit early because it was a holiday. We get that thirty to 50,000 square feet out a day in just an eight or 10 hour day. We're not running two, three shifts like some of these other guys are. And we're still making it happen. Treating the employees with respect has been one of my things also. I can't have a guy pounding a grommet making a lot of money. I've been there. I've done it. I've had to pound thousands of grommets five days a week. I've been there, done it. Just having respect and earning their respect, I think, is one of the keys to help Hmm. them be successful in it. I just can't imagine like every job being for like another sign guy and having that not be like a pressure cooker situation or you probably (laughs) deal with some like marketing agencies and folks like that as well. But I just know the way that I was back in the day when I ran the shop and I know how discerning Mike is. And I know Mike has been on the other side where he was slinging some wholesale prints as well, but. Particular, like we're a crusty bunch. We just, just my my guys. I mean, they sent a banner out. It was, I believe, it was like twenty twenty two hundred inches long, and it was like one hundred eighty feet by what was it nine and a half ten foot tall. They forgot to grommet the one whole bottom side, like twenty two hundred <laughs> inches. So they <laughs> forgot to do it. So customer called. He was pretty fired up because they're install and i'm like what do you want me to do i can drive down there and pick it up what do you want to do i just gave him my in-store credit on the other job that he has in here and he was fine with it but man some of the stuff i've seen like we shipped we shipped out a pallet and didn't even strap it down shrink wrapped it one of the guys just didn't put forth the extra effort he's not here anymore miss patricia let him fly uh. Do you, it sounds like a lot of your jobs are last minute, high pressure rush jobs, which is typical in the area of the industry that you operated in. Is it, are, do you have a lot of redos and mistakes that you have to fix and catch on the fly just because of the rush nature of the job? Or is that pretty rare for you guys? We make more mistakes when we're slow. Um, That's a very if- interesting statement. It's when we're slow, we have to think about it. When we're when we are hammered, the jobs just go through and they flow well. I compare ourselves to a fast food restaurant, not a high end sit down meal. We will have 
I think UPS typically picks up somewhere around 150 to 200 boxes a day. That one box could have 50 banners in it. So, you know, these guys, if they mess up one order a day, first off, it's not acceptable, but we can anticipate with the package count, the amount of work that we're putting out. We might double print one banner to where there might have been an A and a B art that would make it through the shop. But the art room prints out an A and a B proof sheet. But maybe the customer only approved A. So whose fault is it? It's, we don't make all the mistakes. Some of the customers will own up to it. Some of the customers just blame it all on us. And that's when they don't come back. I'm that crusty wholesale printer that will tell a customer, hey, you were wrong. And some of these guys don't accept, hey, I was slightly wrong in this. No, it's GCI's fault. It is. The customer's not always right. Correct. <laughs> I always like it when somebody says that out loud. <laughs> mm. and, I, and not to throw rocks at where I've had the most trouble out of people, but the northeastern corner of the United States, those people tend to be uh, the most, they, they the, the, the roughest to work with, not to point fingers. <laughs> this letter from the whole northeast uh, now right <laughs> right now i've got some really good buddies up there christopheo tamir there's a lot of guys up there that i've done work with and chris has called me i've been mowing my grass shoot the shit with them that's the whole thing i'm wholesale to the trade but it's funny the amount of wholesalers that i deal with and the relationship that I have with these guys. I help a lot of people out and a lot of people help me out where it all comes down to it. Like I've called Chris up asking for advice. It's wild. I got involved in the Cincinnati Reds All-Star game. Tug or with Blue Media. It's a wild experience. I needed help on an install. He's like, hey, TJ, just do it this way. And actually, my installers are done. They're going to help you out. This dude's my competitor. This dude's a monster in the industry. And he just is helping me do something I've never done before. Okay. I appreciate the help. And I helped them out yesterday at the Great America or down at Paul Brown Stadium, the old one. Helped them on an install yesterday. So it's the good old boys club in the wholesale world. The guys that aren't in this, the big inner circle. My arm, I'll talk to any of them, I'll give them all points. We're to a stage now to where if we don't all help each other get through it, it's, we're just going to, we're going to fail. Sure. <clears throat> so you guys said that you're, you have launched or are just launching online ordering for clients. So we've got a new system that's getting ready to be released here to where it's very similar to the other guys where it's the online proofing and it goes straight to the rip. Uh, we wanted to bypass some things. How some people have ordered from B2 or Science 365 to where, oh man, that experience is so cool. Okay. I've, over the last five years, have probably changed two to three software companies. I've gone to two or three different ones. I actually removed myself from this, that whole side of things. And that's one of my dad's projects I put him on. Day to day operation. He's still here every single day. I want to focus on the sales and the production and the, like acquiring of equipment, stuff like that. And I've put him 
pretty much on the he is not IT savvy at all. He can barely turn on a cell phone, but <laughs> I've got him working with a couple of our internal people and with some outside help to get this thing moving. It's very close. You'll be able to order any size banner. Any quantity of the size automatically picks up if it's low res and it'll shoot a this isn't going to work type of email. And we're trying to make it so simple that my dad can do it. Nice. You know? So prior to this, were you guys using like a online ordering as well? Or like how do how were most of the orders coming in? Or so how do current, most of the orders come in, I guess? So we, we used to operate off of job tickets and that just got out of hand. Now we're using CoreBridge currently okay. and pretty decent Pete, software. Pete's got CoreBridge, I think. <laughs> pretty decent. CoreBridge too. Guess what? Fast Signs uses CoreBridge. It's pretty good. One thing that I have been begging CoreBridge to do, and I actually saw him down at the Atlanta show prior to the gentleman passing, the owner. I asked them to, when you build an estimate in CoreBridge, it doesn't automatically send out. So the opportunities of all of the estimates that we do daily, if we don't pick up the phone, call each opportunity, it's lost. It's stuck in the software. It doesn't automatically send it out. And that's a huge flag for me with CoreBridge. I can't I can't call every single customer that we've sent an estimate to. One banner might be we have a fifty dollar minimum. I might have a fifty dollar estimate, I might have a fifty thousand dollar estimate. Which one am I gonna call? The fifty thousand. And I lose track of the fifty dollar jobs. So I'm trying to get those to where it's the easy online order sure but what percentage are like through email now and what percentage are online is it all through like email i would say call i'm assuming they're just even if you talk to them on the phone they're sending you an email with the files and the details of the job right most of it's 60 it's probably 60 percent 70 percent so you do the estimate you convert it with the core bridge thing it walks its way through the system if they know how to use it and they use it properly we still get i'm going to say 70 percent old-fashioned way where they send over the email send over the artwork we have to send the estimate process the order and they don't want to really mess with it so we're still trying to train our customers how we need to accept the orders to help them out because staffing we had 12 people in the front office pre-covid i had four people that did nothing but make phone calls telemarketing to all the sign shops nationwide i can't get i can't get four people to come into work it's me (laughs) patricia and two other two uh three other people in the front office right now so majority of our sales is still the old fashioned way. And is that uh, causing stress for you guys or like, what was the point where you're like, Hey, I want this other system in place. What was the tipping point? Like where were you at? What was the time period? How long ago was it? So I said five years ago in my, it's my, let's see. We might have been working on this project for the last eight years. It's not that I don't want to spend time on a 50 or or $100 order, but I think it's wasting my time. I don't want to say sure. it's wasting my time. That guy that's placing that 50 or that $100 order is a regular customer. Knows how 
to send it over. He should be able to place the order online without calling and asking for that estimate every single day. You know what my cost is, but we're going to get it done. Just send it over. I've actually passed some of those smaller things off to Mark, who's in the front office. So that way I can focus on the larger, more profitable projects. But I would say we've been battling this for six, seven years. Gotcha. Yeah, in my experience, given the opportunity, customers will self-serve. If you've got, hey, this is how I've always worked with TJ and the crew, and they're fine with that, That's that could be a headache trying to onboard them to this new system. And that's something that some of these other guys, they don't offer. You can't pick up the phone and call and ask for TJ. Mark, Patricia, our whole experience is we want to be the good old boys. I'll talk to anybody on the phone. And I'm not going to hurry up and let them off. I'd like when my people call and ask for a sign shop, the point of contact there. Oh, he's they're out. Whatever. We try to find out, hey, what's their birthday? Did they just have a kid? And we try to build off of that relationship. We'll send them a pacifier. We'll send them a newborn outfit. You know, if they're a Pittsburgh fan, we'll send them a Cincinnati Bengals t-shirt. And actually with the boys over at Fire Sprint, James and those guys, I took the bus. I don't know if you guys saw that and that rusty bus. The uh, rusty bus. A- yeah. We, did we share the picture or I saw the picture. Yeah, yeah, we'll make sure we add it to the uh, the show notes as well. You watch the movie, Cousin Eddie. I'm so Cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie isn't <laughs> even hit Cousin Eddie. We roll in anywhere. And it's just a magnet for people. But James and those boys over at Fire Sprint, we were friendly betting because they're so close to Kansas City. And I actually made a bet with them. And that reminds me, I need to get them all some GCI hats because I never sent them all GCI hats to put on and take a picture of. They were in the middle of their move. And I think it's time. I think they've had plenty of time. I'm going to be sending them some hats. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I'm always preaching that you should, your competitors aren't your enemies, right? You never know when you're, they're going to need help from you or you're going to need help from them. And I got bailed out more than a few times by some of my competitors. And I'm thankful every day for them because they, they help contribute to my success. And I think a lot of shops lose sight of that and they see the competition as the enemy and you're at war with them. And I don't really, it's too small of an industry for that. Yeah. You never know when you're going to need somebody's help. Correct. And how many times have we ran out of ink? Because we're mm-hmm. running all weekend and I've called, hey, Sport Graphics up in Indy. Hey, you guys have a couple of cyans? Yeah, no problem. Come up and get them. And they know, a lot of these people in the industry know if they need a part, if they need my machine time, something, just give me a call. I'm more than willing to help out. That's what makes the world go around. Yeah. Do you guys, do uh, like your clients, <clears throat> do they also purchase from like Science 365 and, and some of these others that are like, Hands off. Yeah, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody at Science 365, but I, I used to order from them a lot. Could be the new Science 365 rep. Their phone number yeah. is 513-521-7446. Give me a call. But do, you, do the customers that you deal with, do they prefer your good old boy approach? And that's why they're coming to you guys? or is it- I, th- I think it's like the pricing game. They might send a project to 365 because... That $10 flat rate shipping, or they might be cheaper on one item, but then I might get their mesh work or I might get their banner work. So 
like I said in the beginning, I've got a niche, banner, mesh, coro, some flatbed stuff, right? They have their own niche. I have my own niche. I, I don't know how they're doing the $10 flat rate and making any money, but it is what it is. I know that they're built, they've got to be building it into their front end price of their banner. We're, we're very aggressive on our banner and mesh pricing. They're a little bit higher. If you do the math, ours is still less money than what they're doing, but people like to see that $10 thing. Whatever. They can't call and talk to a live body there like they can here. So I think the good old boy club, it does help. It does help significantly. Who is your ideal client? Or customer. My ideal customer would be a print broker or a signed guy that that may be struggling to find employees to help in their shop, might have to upgrade equipment soon, struggling to to get the jobs out the door. They call, they just know it's gonna get done. That's my ideal customer. The people that have the machines that try to do the stuff and then it's so oh, we can't get it all done in this time frame. Let's just send it to GCI and we'll get we'll pay a rush fee and have it done tomorrow. I'm not gonna say that's not my optimal customer, but I make money off of them. But they turn that they turn the wheelbarrow. We're trying to streamline things and then that one rush job, we might have to swap out materials just to get that one job out. It's not the optimal customer that I want, but we take them. Sure. Do you give your current wholesale customers any type of access to your wholesale print list? So with printgci.com, basically, actually, you're a fast signs customer. You're a fast. I used you before, yeah. Okay. So the Fastlane ordering system driven specifically for fast signs organization. The Fastlane, you can go on there and we have, I think it's five, five items that are our sweet spot that we felt that any fast signs could go on there, order at a wholesale price. The list, the pricing's in there. You put your size and it's there. We don't have menu for square foot pricing. If that's what your question was it's just well it's a bit it's been a, it's been a question that i've talked about here in this group on this podcast before about how few of our sign shop owners out there actually have the first the guts to ask that's one two the time to actually take a wholesale pricing and then build out you have corbridge so building corbridge products with a wholesaler in mind yeah so the pricing structures changed like almost weekly anymore so we're going an over under right now i might lose a little bit on one job to where another job i'll make it back up the core bridge is very to go in there and change the pricing structure you have so many line items and so many cells to fill in it's not the easiest thing and that's where the old-fashioned way i've got it in the back of my head where we can do it for and still get away with that over under part a buck 25 for mesh or banner it's i'm losing a little bit because the pricing of the scrim the mesh might have cost us a little bit more but we are now 
back to ordering it from overseas containers. So right now we've got five five containers of mesh and banner on the water. Okay. Are the current supply chain issues wreaking havoc on your business in general, or are you guys pretty insulated from it just with the volume you do and the quantity of material you order at a time? I go through a pallet of 3M every couple days, and they're the 300-foot rolls of CV3. And there was a couple times where we were almost out. And when I say almost, we're down to our last pallet. And then the truck backs up to the door. But I was sweating it a little bit because in our business, we have to have vehicles printed ahead of time for the installers. Because if the installer gets the vehicle there, that whole chain of organization up to that graphic kit coming for the installation of that rep it might have taken the installer five tries to get this guy to bring a semi truck to their location to get it installed so if we miss that window of opportunity it's, it's not good <laughs> sure but the supply chain issues i know we had ran into a couple issues with grimco and they ran out of some material at one point Billcraft had it so you can't have all of your eggs in one basket. And I feel that's the same way a lot of these guys feel with the wholesale side of things is they don't want to put all their eggs in one basket. And I don't blame them, but they do need to order more from me than the other guy. <laughs> it's just it feeds the it feeds the family. Is there something specific about GCI? Maybe it's about you, maybe it's about your team. But is there something specific that you do in regards to the customer experience that they just can't get anywhere else? Do you pay a lot of attention to the what the customer's experience is, knowing that most of your customers are sign shop owners? What is it specifically that comes to mind that really paints a picture of why should I use you? What is it that's different than anything else? I feel that the... There's no excuse for failure type of approach. When a sign shop owner places an order with us, I feel that the customer experience, they know that it's going to get done. They can go home that night after they place the order. They can go home and they can say, sit down with their family, not working throughout the night. And the job will get there. If it was a rush job, it'll get there by 1030 the next morning, UPS, stress-free. That's the approach that we've had. My The process that my team has put in place is to make it so much easier for the customers to just want to rely on us. Big or small, GCI does it all. That motto, we'll get it done. Just email it over, get it to me. Lincoln from Fastline's Brick. Lincoln, he calls and he's, TJ, I got, I've got this mesh job. I need it done. Okay, just send it over. That's the whole conversation. Just wanting to, so that the, reinsurance. It's the, uh, so it's the like the guy in your pocket feel. Is that what you're feeling? It's that I'm the sign shop owner. You're a sign shop owner. The job is the focus is to get the job done, and the the easiness of getting in touch with your team is what yeah. keeps me actively giving you orders because of how simple it is. That Correct. Correct. And the personalization that we give to the sign shop owners, for example, you place a mesh banner order with us for a baseball field. Okay. And 
the line that I tell my whole staff is if they're asking for a six foot tall mesh banner, please ask them what size the fence is. Number one, if it's a six foot tall fence, you don't want the mesh banner to go from top to bottom. You want that little bit of a gap for stretching the zip ties. I can give you a better deal at five foot. Okay. You go online and you type that six foot. Nobody's going to ever ask that question. We're, we'll give the industry insight over the phone and that helps everybody in the end. Cause I can run two up at five foot on a 10 foot roll versus a six foot one up yeah. on the roll saves everybody money at the end of the day. Very true, very true. I had just one follow-up question here for you. And this is, I guess it's maybe not a question, but it speaks to your sentiment about what we were discussing earlier. And that's, I gave you, I guess it was sometime last year, you had to, you had done a very large order for my fast signs job, but it was a little different than what I was normally used to. The experience was very different from, from the previous vendor I was using. So I had this customer, this school that wanted 1200 lawn signs, graduation signs. You you know what that was what that was like. Like during COVID, every kid's got their photo and their name and every parent was buying one for their kid, right? So we had a lot of those orders and I had this one order from this one school said, I need this in the next week. We hadn't ordered these yet. So my manager reached out to you and said, hey, is this something that you can do? And you said, hey, not only can I do it, just give me the template and give me the photos and give me their names, and I'm going to set out. I'm going to set up this file for you. I'm going to get it out here tomorrow. Now, once that was approved, of course, by by the manager here. But the fact that you took that extra step—that's what that to me is your secret sauce. Is that I see I sense that you're doing that a lot with your customer. Is mm-hmm. would you, would I be correct in making that assumption? Delivering every yeah. job is very important. I've I'm going to be very bold by saying this. I've never over promise and under delivered. I believe your manager went to, I can't remember if it's that job or if it was a job for Frankie out of Chicago. There's two orders that kind of cross paths mentally. I believe that's the one that I said that I would throw in my enclosed trailer and deliver if I remember correctly, but I could be wrong. The 1200 lawn sign. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. We printed so many damn <laughs> signs like yeah, that last I year. Bet, I, I bet that one order feeds into the next. But for me and my perspective, I've used your shop a couple of times after that because of how wonderful that experience was. But when we're talking about the customer experience from a sign shop owner's perspective, which is your majority of your clientele. That's my customers. Right. Yep. Right. When we're talking about that, the biggest. The biggest thing for me, and this is, I guess, going to speak true to what you were saying, is that you went that extra step. It was, You heard about the timeline. I said, I need it mm-hmm. by next week. And then you reverse engineered it. If I have to wait for you to send me 1,200 art files, right, because that's what you would need to do, This I can't promise you anything. I can't promise you anything other than a price today on how to get that done for you and your timeline. You'd made, I'm not, I can't remember the name of the woman who I was, who my manager was dealing with. It was a, a woman on your staff. Probably Miss Patricia. Miss Patricia. Okay. Yep. Probably Miss Patricia. Hats off to Miss Patricia for making that like an incredible experience. So I guess the, the logic there was that you be- 
backwards engineered it. You heard the timeline. You said, this is what I need in order to get this done for you. This is what I'm willing to do for you in order to meet that deadline. And it doesn't just mean delivery. It was, I'm going to set up these art files for you. Give me that CSV file. Give me that Excel spreadsheet. Give me that Google Drive with 1,200 photos in it, and we'll take care of it. And then a day or two later, you sent it over to us, and we were we were we had a satisfied client. And that, to me, is the relationship that I love about wholesalers and sign shop owners. We're all sign shop owners, but the ones that really do... The ones that do a bang up job are the ones that only care about the end user. It seems to be what your philosophy is that you don't overpromise and underdeliver, but kudos to you for Thank you. really focusing on the school's needs, not the sign shop owner's needs or the end user's needs. Because I think that's what's going to, if there was one way in one sentence I can make that really separates you from any other wide format wholesale printer out there, is that's what you care about most. Care about the end user getting what they need. More than the customer, more so than the vendor, meaning us or the sign shop owner making a profit or getting their customer happy. You just want that customer to get what they want. And that to me is really what GCI is all about. If you can put, if you can, if you can put it into one sentence is that we don't care about the sign shop owner. We care about your customer. That would, that would be the way I would explain it. Yep. But maybe not in such a New York way of saying (laughs) it. It, no. it, Peter also does copywriting for websites on the weekends <laughs> if you need a guy. No, I, I really appreciate Content that. Creation. My my team will be very pumped of when this podcast comes out. They will love to hear that story. It means yeah. a lot. Uh, let me ask you, that brings up, Peter's story kind of brings up something that I was thinking of, but like, how are you going to replicate that with your online ordering? So... <clears throat> With that, with the online ordering, I'm going to staff a couple people to review every single order. And if there's something that's out of the ordinary, they will be called. They will be called. Yes, it's supposed to be hands-free, paperless type. But when I feel like when that process gets there, it's going to be more headaches. So I want personalization still on those orders. If there's a typo or something like that, it needs to be caught. A sign shop's not going to be able to eat 1,200 signs that they only put one PDF, and it was supposed to be 1,500 PDFs. That online system isn't smart enough for that. So I want my team to, okay, there's 1,500 signs. There's supposed to be 1,500 individual artworks. Where's the art? We only have one PDF. Oh, man, I've something must have happened. There's that... I can afford to lose $50, but I can't afford to lose 1500 on a bunch of orders. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure that every single job is as perfect as they can be. But that 50 or that 100 might, it's just going to go through the system. I want them to just double check some and just make sure you know who your customers are that will send over the good stuff, right? It's the ones that send over the kind of questionable jobs from time to time that you have to double check their work. Yeah. Hey, who who did you build this system for yourself or did you have somebody build it for you? We have had five people internally that 
have done some software stuff. I don't have all of that knowledge. Like I said, my dad has tackled that. I'm not, I, we've gone through so many different software. I don't know where we're at and who we're using <laughs> okay. currently. What's, why have you gone through so many different ones? Because of some didn't integrate with CoreBridge. Some didn't integrate with QuickBooks. Some of them didn't have, this was the best one. So we spent like a year and a half and we found out that when we started out with Pacero and they had a limitation on banner sizes. So customer couldn't order over a five by 10 banner. I'm like, that's not going to fly, dude. He's like, we can't expand it any larger. So Corebridge adapted with us and we've had them the longest, but some of the other ones that we use, they just, they were more of a paper printer to mm. where it was built by sheets and with it being built by rolls. So where we're using master rolls of 750 feet in length and a sign shop or a printer might have 150 foot roll. It doesn't right. work for us. And then the they're used to building it at 60 inch where ours are 126 or 196 here soon. That's where a lot of, however, Signs 365 did it and however B2 did it, that's off to them. They were the first in the market. I don't, eight, 10 years worth of trying to, I'm not going to say copy them because we're trying to make ours better. And we fuck with the same model over the last 10 years. We just want simple. We want a guy to be able to go size, quantity. Here's the artwork, order, boom, drop shipping is a must. And estimating the freight. We got all the way through this last software package. I think I spent almost 275000 on the software package. And the guy told us, we can't, we can't estimate weight and sizes of the package. I'm like, what do you mean? You're just going to have to do a standardized shipping. And I'm like, well, that's what the other guy does. $10 a box. But I'm not going to lose $20 every box, $30 every box. I want it to be accurate. So that way, there's a percentage on markup on shipping. And uh, man, that was the last go around. And then there was another, we tried the fiery EFI software. We're moving down the road from that one, but uh, it's, it sounds like a headache to me. That's what it sounds like. That's why I stepped away from it. I wanted to focus on what I do best. And that's getting orders in, getting them delivered, making the customer happy. Dad, your job. I need this website up quickly. (laughs) Okay, dad. There you go. And that's his project. That's his project. And he still doesn't have it up. Still doesn't have it up. 10 years. All right. So for our listeners out there who follow TJ on all these sign shop talks and other Facebook groups and things like that, me being one of them, I have to ask, I'm going to ask for the users that are out there that are afraid to ask, what is up with the rusty bus? Where did that idea come from? (laughs) What is that all about? Tell me. I need to know. All right. So that rusty bus is a joke. Craig Snowden, he's out of Indiana. We were on the sign shop talk and he said something about, hey, here's cousin Eddie. I'm going to be at Fort Wilderness over Christmas. And I'm like, no shit. I'm going to be there too. And he was like, let's have, let's see who has the better looking campsite. I'm like, oh, okay. And uh, so 
we called each other on the phone. I said, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to put some decals on my truck and I'm going to make a big cousin Eddie. Freaking sweet. I'm like, all right, I've got the perfect plan. So Jeff Rowland is one of my designers and uh, he and I sat down and he goes, what do you want to do? I said, here's a picture, make it happen. I leave on Thursday. (laughs) That was Friday afternoon. That was Friday afternoon. So I had the RV here at the shop. And so Jeff started dropping files Monday morning. By Thursday, the bus was done. And I'm like, Jeff, I need some wood grain for the side of the expedition. And he goes, you're doing that too? Friday, I hurried up before we left, wrapped the expedition with some wood grain, made it look like a Clark Griswold's The Family Truckster. It's one of my favorite movies of all times. And uh, so I sent a teaser picture to Craig and he was like, you've got to be kidding me. So he told a couple people what was coming. And then I sent a video to my buddy, Matt Myrick that owns Busset knuckle films on YouTube. He posted it up with, before I hit the Florida Georgia line, there was almost 5 million views on TikTok and on YouTube. And it was just, I looked at Heather and Jeff called me and we're like, we made something really wild and crazy. And the amount of people that are checking this thing out, it's making everybody smile. So that was our approach. We did it to make people smile. It was a joke. We wanted to have the best looking campsite at Fort Wilderness. And with all of the tools that I have here, we did it. And I think we're going to hold that title until I remove the wrap off. There's not another wrap that's as crazy. It's a 2014 Fleetwood Discovery that my wife makes really good money and she's the one that bought it. But I'm just a dumb sign guy. She, it's created an identity and the kids even love it. And so when we go down to Fort Wilderness, there's some videos that I sent to you guys and it shows when Craig was doing the drone shots and the, just checking it out. He, uh, he looked at me, he goes, this thing is getting so much attention. I said, I'm doing it for the industry, dude. I don't, I have a little small QR code on the back corner of the bus. It says GCI printed by GCI. And I've got our Instagram for that rusty bus and the the Facebook thing. I didn't do it. I didn't want it to be like a huge marketing campaign for GCI. I wanted it to be, holy shit, we can make beautiful RVs look like shit or (laughs) shitty RVs look beautiful. (laughs) And I hope that the rap world is capitalizing on this. I think there's Chad out of fast lane out in Illinois He's doing some really cool work. Jamie, the rap artist, killer work. The, there's so many like vehicle rap people. It's an art. That The big thing with that rusty bus right now is p- all these RVers that have the $1.5 million coaches. I'm going to call them Karens because they don't want that in their RV resorts because it looks like shit in their mind it's art (laughs) it fits the year it's art you can't kick me out because it's physically 
it hits all the requirements. Yes, it's sort of patinaed, <laughs> but yeah, it's fun. We, I, it's definitely holding the title for the most photographed RV on the planet right now. <laughs> so Fleetwood Discovery or Fleetwood RV. Are you group. gonna Are you gonna try to top yourself eventually, or are you just gonna <clears throat> wait till somebody else comes along and knocks you off the throne to reclaim? So version two isn't going to be on the same bus. I'm thinking about the next one, what version two is going to be, but with it being getting close to the age requirement for some of the RV parks, we have to upgrade the next year or two because it's 10 years or older. So we're at the eight year mark, Uh, but uh, yeah, I know nothing uh, about the RV world. So when you come to Cincinnati, I'll just take you a ride in it. You'll have to put the robe on and go pump some gas. But uh, no, it's you guys have to check it out. It's that rusty bus on Facebook and the family. We really appreciate all of the, we're, all of the smiles going down the road. It's unbelievable. So that's awesome. But has anybody ever touched it and thought it was real, dude? Dude, it's. <clears throat> If you don't walk by it and not touch it, I think there's something wrong with you. Like it, everybody <laughs> walks by because did just win. Where's that at? I had a, an extra copy. I don't know what they did with it, but it just won like best rap in the signs of the times magazine. And it's on the, uh, their website and stuff. What Jeff did was he took and make, made everything look so real. And 40 plus hours in design time was spent on it. So, remarkable. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I love it, man. It's great. So, we're talking, Heather and I are actually talking about traveling with the kids. And I will actually want to, we've got a map planned out. We want to see some of the the customers. And we headed up the sign show up at Indy. A couple of my employees and I, we jumped in it, took it up there, and parked it out in front of the hotel. But we're going to do a sign shop visit tour, and I uh, feel that the that would be pretty sweet to roll out in front of a sign shop and just mm. see that wild-ass thing sitting out in front. Some of these guys make, probably won't make, know what to expect. Make, <clears throat> make sure you come to the Northeast, okay? Make sure you we actually plan part of your we pl- trip. <laughs> we plan on it. It's just we have He's to. He's going to pull it up in front of your shop, Pete. That, I'm hey, gonna I pull it up. I can use the publicity. I'm gonna block the street. Do you have a sewer drain out front? <laughs> yeah, of course I do. <laughs> Shitter. I, I really do. Well, yeah, why? Not before. I'm gonna drop the tank <laughs> right in front of your shop. <laughs> nah. In his bathroom. With the in my bathroom with the hat, drinking a beer, bush light, in a cigar, in a cigar. <laughs> no, but no, we do plan on coming up there and checking that northeastern area out hopefully you guys will accept us up there <clears throat> so nice that's awesome no we appreciate it it's it's been fun and the whole prince i think that's my escape but we just put the starlink on and now i have to work everywhere i go there's no excuse yeah yeah <laughs> there's no excuse to get away that's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I really enjoyed this interview, TJ. I appreciate you coming on, man. For yeah, everybody you, out there that uh, doesn't know you or GCI yet, how can they find you? 
How can they contact uh, They can reach out tj at gci-digital.com. Uh, they can go to printgci.com. They can search us on the internet, GCI, badass banner dude. Look at, if you're on any of the sign shop forums, just ask who they need to print with. And If know. I type in badass banner dude, does that come up with you guys? Might know. Oh. Actually, <laughs> I Jeff- was going to say, I would be putting that on my business card. <laughs> Just Jeff's, Google Badass bad Banner, dude. Jeff's email address was, Miss Patricia, what was that? Badass. It was like Badass Designer or something like that. He made it up. And uh, it was like Badass Designer doc, or at GCI-Digital.com or something like that. And he actually, <laughs> it, it was one of those bets with a buddy of his. And he's yeah, dude, you got a cat walking on your desk. I do. Is that a tiger? She looks like it. Yeah, that's one of, one of at my least three. She, at least she didn't shit on the desk this time. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's legit. She has like irritable bowel syndrome, and I, she's had some accidents like on my keyboard. I've had to replace a keyboard before. <laughs> you just can't clean that shit out. Happens. Yeah. Shit happens. Shit happens. Um, if anybody's <laughs> wanting to come visit, I strongly suggest it. That 25-cent tour that we were all joking about at the beginning. The nickel tour. The nickel tour. So when we went down to the Atlanta sign show, I made a comment to my dad and my son actually was the one that brought it up. He goes, Papa Tom, we have more equipment than the sign show does. And uh, I look over at my kid. He's 12 years old. And I'm like, dude, you're not joking. It's impressive to see five latex machines running, two big Vutex. And then we got the new 10 foot, 10 by 10 Kongsberg. So watching those things run still to this day, like when I walk out there, I'm amazed. So if anybody's in the Cincinnati area, I highly suggest coming in, taking your kids to Cincinnati Zoo Museum or whatever here in Cincinnati and coming up for 10 minutes just to check it out. I'll buy you some lunch or something. Next time I'm in Dayton visiting family, man, I'll definitely haul down there and check out the shop and visit for sure. I definitely want to do that. Will you do some collections up in Dayton for me about the what we talked about before? <laughs> <laughs> you I, I left Ohio because I'm sick of doing collections in Dayton. <laughs> right? I don't think there's enough money on this planet. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, we'd love that. I want everybody to print with us, man, at least one time. If we're not doing what I've strived for and put into effect, by all means, try somebody else. Once you're in, I think it's one of those deals. Hey, we treat everybody like oh, good, yeah. We treat everybody like family. It, you're not an employee. You're a family member, team member. I don't like to use the word customer. It's we're all a team. Cool. Your reputation definitely precedes you. Thanks again for joining us, TJ. Yep. Appreciate Thank it, you. gentlemen. Thank you. I appreciate TJ. it. Thank you. Fun. Sounds good. All right. See you guys. So let's bring this one to a close. Rapid fire takeaways. Peter, he's here this week. Listen, if I want to talk a little bit about the customer experience, that man does a lot of really great things. That man does a lot. That business does a lot of really great things as far as customer experience goes. So I think my biggest takeaway here from today is just another perspective of what somebody else thinks of customer experience. It doesn't necessarily have to be systems or SOPs. It could be just 
getting the job done, focusing on the end user and what they need and getting it done there. It, it was refreshing to hear just how simple black and white, a very big shop, a very big operation looks at customer experience. We Mike. all, we often think oh. about, we often think about customer experience being like, all right, did they get that email? Did we respond quickly? Did we shoot them a reminder text? Are we being competitive with pricing? It just doesn't even have to be that complicated. He simplified it in this little interview. I love that. It's just, hey, let's just get the job done. By all means necessary. Simple and honest. Mike. Yeah, I agree. Love is like his good old boy club that he's building there. Like Peter said, like everybody's trying to automate everything. And not that there's not a place for that. I think the automation is key to efficiency and profit and making it in this job. It's critical. But I like that he's not putting all his eggs in that basket and he's not turning his back on on having a personal relationship with his clients. And if you watch him interact with everybody on the social media channels, it is a good old boys club. And he is buddies with everybody, everyone his clients that he's buddies with. And I think there's, I don't think any amount of systems or processes or automation or fancy websites or anything else can replace that that one-on-one personal relationship that you have with a crusty sign guy who has walked a few miles in your shoes and knows exactly what it's like to be in your boat and i don't think you can get that experience from just placing an order on a website faceless website without a person so i love that he's trying to combine technology and modern efficiency with old school business tactics and just going out there and shaking hands and interacting with people and being buddies with people and building friendships and at the end of the day i don't really think there's any more way to to have a a solid killer business than being close with your customers i think it's great 110%. 110%. Yeah. Especially the market they're in. It's all based on relationships. The sign world is a small one. It's a large industry, but everybody knows each other. We're all connected through the seven degrees of TJ, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> yeah, I, he's, the, he's the Kevin Bacon of the sign <laughs> industry. That, that's awesome. There you go. You're just spitting out nicknames left and right. Yeah, we struggle for you, my man. Why, yeah, why can't we get one for me? But dude, he's, yeah. <laughs> seven degrees of TJ. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I wish I, he was still on the call for that. That's awesome. Uh, uh, but anyway, I, I think. Systems and processes have their place, but like you guys have said, there's no substitute for having that consultative approach with customers, even though he didn't explicitly say that we're act as consultants for our clients, but that's essentially what he's doing or what he described. And for that ballpark job where it's like, Hey, how tall is the fence? It's five, five foot fence. Why are we printing a five foot banner? Yeah. Yeah, he did mention that. He did mention that. And you want to know, maybe I was just reading behind the scenes here a little bit, like in between the lines when it comes to what he was saying or what he was trying to imply. But he's got all this equipment and I don't and I've seen the videos, I've seen pictures of like his new equipment arriving. But I don't think the motivation for purchasing new equipment comes from like having that shiny new toy. I think he literally looks at it like now I can print now my customers, my sign shop owner customers can now print 10 foot wide banners, right? And he's going to be the vehicle for how that's getting done. When he posts a new piece of equipment, I feel like he gets, he's putting it out there for all of his 
potential buddies or clients to say, I'm still your guy, but and now not only am I your guy, I'm able to do this for you as well. And maybe there's something in the, maybe there's something in the back of everyone's head when they're buying that kind of piece of equipment. But a lot of us are buying that for the affair of what could be. He's doing it to solve a problem. I get the opinion that he's doing it to solve a problem with his sign shop customer. He said it himself. He wants to be better than Signs 365. He wants to be better than B2. And these are the ways that he's thinking that he's going to be better. Yeah. And you know what? Like he may never build quite as big a business as B2 or Sign 365 based on that. Because I think there's probably like a natural ceiling to how much you can scale if you want to have that close personal relationship with every single one of your customers. Right? You just can't do it if you're printing for every single sign shop on the planet. But I think he's probably going to generate probably more profit in the long run because he's he, he is like family to these people. And that's a huge thing. And he's not hurting. <laughs> his business is doing pretty well regardless. But I love his approach. I'm excited to see people that still take the approach that he does and recognize that the personal relationships are never going to go away. And that's ultimately the most important thing in this industry, especially wholesale. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I'm curious to check in on him in six months from now and see how the online ordering piece has gone. And if they've been able to replicate some of that personalized feel that they provide with that system. Yeah, I'm really anxious to see how that goes for him as well. I hope it works, and I hope they figure out how to not lose that personal personal touch in it as well. All right, guys. Great episode. Go us. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, make sure you shoot us an email at hey at bettersignshop.com. Frank Fellers, we're putting the call out for you, dude. We'd love to have you on the podcast. If you guys know Frank, if you're listening, Tell them. Tell them we want Frank Fellers on the podcast. What's the website we set up? TalkToMeFrank.com. TalkToMeFrank.com. <laughs> Wait, that's a real site? <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's amazing. Oh, you need God. to look at it. It's oh, worth God. your time. <laughs> I thought you were just splurting out ideas last night when you're like, we're, that's it. We're going on blast. Oh, my God. Okay. Talk to me, Frank. Talk to me. Talk to me, baby. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit subscribe to get all the latest episodes and check out our website, bettersignshop.com. Get free resources and helpful tools on growing your shop. Thanks for listening.